Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. NBA, the Atlantic Division. Our senior spotlight series continues. And a little bit of MSU football wide receiver style. It is to tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Thursday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. We appreciate you being with us on your radios, on your televisions across the state on SWX Montana Television, and as the case may be, on your worldwide webs. 1029ESPN.com. That's where you go. You listen live all the time on the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank your opportunity if you would like to pick up your phone and call us you can do that as well 361-3688-361-3688 the phone number all guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line let's take a look at what we have in the show today uh Coulter uh, 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 a lot of things in fact going on uh here today first of all we are going to continue our series on the National Basketball Association, our favorite players by organization, this time the Atlantic Division. I said that the Central was my favorite division in basketball. 
The Atlantic is pretty good, though. Pretty tough to beat with the Knicks and the Celtics and the 76ers and so on. So we'll get into uh, into that a little bit as well. We also will continue our senior spotlight this week with Whitney Morrison. Whitney Morrison, uh, an outstanding athlete who is uh, heading to the next level to uh, to run to do some things. Coulter, she's phenomenal and was outstanding at the at the high school level and obviously the spring season not being there but uh, a, a tremendous athlete statewide Whitney Morrison well absolutely one of the best all-round athletes in the state of Montana she was actually an all-american soccer player uh, as well as one of the best soccer players in the state and she's also been one of the most decorated track athletes and when we talked to Lauren Hagan to kick off our senior spotlight was yep. Sentinel standout uh, all-class record holder in the triple jump and it was so unfortunate for Lauren Hagen because she didn't get to re-break the record she had already shattered. That said, Lauren Hagen was a potential state champion in a couple events. She probably, because she's, even though long jump isn't her specialty, she could have pushed for a long jump title. She certainly would have pushed for a 110 hurdles title. Yep. And she was absolutely the favorite in the, uh, in the uh, triple jump. Whitney Morrison could have won five golds at the state meet this year yeah Whitney Morris is the best all-round track athlete that big skies had probably since Lindsay Hall and that makes sense you know I've read a couple interviews with Whitney and she's talked about you know how Lindsay Hall was who she idolized growing up Lindsay Hall obviously a Missoula big sky alum herself who went on to set set and reset the big sky conference records in both the pentathlon and the heptathlon at the yep. University of Montana but Whitney's also trained quite extensively with you with uh with Lindsay Hall Lindsay Hall now I think maybe people don't know this she was working at the Sports Information Department at the University of Montana, helping out Joel Carlson with some track stuff. Then she started coaching and kind of doing both sides of it. Well, now she's at Utah State. Whitney Morrison then was recruited hard by Utah State and and eventually chose to come to the University of Montana. It's an undersold track recruiting coup by Bryden. Yes. He got an, an outstanding young lady who then, when she goes into the multis, is going to be awesome. So it'll be great to have Whitney in here because I think that she is um, certainly one of the best and also maybe a little bit of a, one of the underappreciated athletes we have in the yeah. state of Montana. So uh, we'll look forward to having her here and talking to her about all of that stuff and uh, and spotlighting her as a senior, now finished senior, uh, in high school. Uh, we also, 5.30, excited about this, Eric Frazier going to join us. He is the wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator for at Montana State. He's entering his second year there. He was at Western Illinois uh, uh, two seasons ago now uh, as a passing game coordinator, but we'll talk to him about all the things. I mean, he coached a couple outstanding uh, all-conference level wide receivers last year, even though the passing game wasn't everything that he, they wanted. Maybe it wasn't anything. They, they got what they needed out of it. That's exactly right, because right, I actually think that it was everything that they yeah, wanted. Yeah, right, right. And down the stretch, what was Montana State's game plan? Yeah. They were going to throw the ball 10 to 15 times, but they were going to chuck it deep four Open times. Up, and yeah. all they needed for was to go two of four, 50-50 balls. Hit a couple and of them, down yeah. the stretch, they were getting three out of four because Kevin Cassis came, became so good at catching that over-the-shoulder fade. Yeah. And so... I think it is a fascinating dynamic because although the receivers have not been the highlighted position in Montana State's offense the last right. several years, they've been important. And I also think it's funny that Eric Frazier has probably actually coached the two most talented guys on the entire Bobcat team last year in Travis Johnson and Kevin Cassis, with the exception of Troy Anderson. Well, we will get uh, into all of that with him. So there you go. That is uh, our show. That's what we're doing today. We're excited about it. Coulter, uh, let's start, shall we, with the National Basketball Association. And mm-hmm. we uh, go into the Atlantic Division and some 
epic franchises and then some other franchises in here. Sort of an interesting mix. The Celtics, 76ers, and Knicks, sort of some of the hallowed uh, uh, franchises in the NBA still. I mean, I consider the Knicks there, even though they're not. They are. Uh, they they absolutely are. The, uh, the Raptors... And the Brooklyn Nets, not so much, even though the Raptors do have, uh, you know, obviously they're defending NBA they champions, are. right? So, uh, and and young, the Raptors, the Nets, so that's such an interesting, well, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get going into from it. New Jersey into Brooklyn. Okay, so where do you want to start here? What do you want to do? Well, let's start with the, uh, the youngest team in the division okay. in terms of their presence in the division. That's Toronto Raptors. Now, I... I didn't change my answer because I thought of who you were going to take. <laughs> you know I know take. who you're going to take. So, so, okay, so, I, so I went are, somewhere else. I went somewhere else. People that maybe are newer this. to the show, Ryan's little brother, Austin, who is, uh, how old are you? You're 39? I so am. you're six years our senior? Yep. Seven and years? change. Six, six and a half. Seven grades older than us? Mm-hmm. So Ryan's little brother and I, Austin, grew up together. We played basketball behind Ryan's house pretty much every single day. Yep. Hoops was our thing. Right, Ryan was a little bit, a little bit older, so he wasn't hanging out with us as much when we were. I little. was driving, and uh, Austin and I's almost entire NBA fandom has been shaped together. So there's a reason that Ryan a lot of times is picking my favorite player because he shares similar <laughs> players to his brother, and we all yeah. share similar players to each other. So I, I just, well, I, I, it was, it, it's actually fun to do it with you though because it is kind of fifty fifty if they're the same. If I did it with your brother, it would just be the same. Hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'll let you go with what is the right answer. But I'll, yeah. I'll take the secondary right answer here for me for Toronto, which has a specific significance to me, I guess, and that is Chris Bosh. That's good. That's I good have Chris Bosh uh, as my favorite Raptor. Everybody remembers Chris Bosh with the Heat and, of course, they you know winning the titles with, with, with LeBron James. But the vast majority of his career was spent in Toronto, and it is where he emerged as one of the better players in the league, and he was certainly the best player in Toronto for several years while he was there. And that's one that's one part of the equation that I think is undertold in the NBA is if you are a player like Chris Bosh, who is an all-NBA player, but you are on a not-a-very-good franchise, you put up league-leading numbers, yeah. and then when you go somewhere else, it's not that you got any worse. You just were playing then with LeBron James. We saw the same thing with Kevin Love. Kevin Love got scrutinized. Why isn't he putting up the production that he had in Minnesota? Well, he was the only dude in Minnesota. Right. right. Uh, well, Bosch, uh, 509 games played in Toronto with the Raptors. Uh, 20 points a game, nine and a half rebounds a game, a couple of assists in there as well. Most minutes of any player in Raptors history, uh, at least at the time, I think he still exceeds Kyle Lowry in that apartment over 18,000 minutes. But I watched Chris Bosch play in person. And I had it's the one, it's the one game that I've ever been to as a fan where I was essentially courtside. I was at a Supersonics game, and I was in the fifth or sixth row uh, to watch Chris Bosh play. And I actually just sit there and watch him warm up, and you go like you just can't. This is the one thing. What do we when we go when we see NFL players, and you know we've been in some NFL locker rooms and stuff like that, and around there's there's some. There's some dudes where that are head turners in their yeah. size, but the majority of guys, you go, man, I, not necessarily as big as I thought he was going to be. The exact opposite is true in the NBA. Oh, if you, you go, go to an NBA game, you cannot conceive of never, how big these guys are. If you've are. never been to warmups, if you've never oh. been to an NBA game, or you've never been to, you have been, but you've never been to warmups, go to warmups and just look at the dudes. To go to a warm-up, because you can stand on the floor. You're going to be crazy. there. And it I is, remember the first time I saw Drew Gooden walk out of the locker room. I'm like, 
Well, so that's what 6'11", 260 looks like. Right. Then Zuldrudis Ogaskis comes walking out, and he's six inches taller than Drew Good. I mean, <laughs> to see a size 24 shoe in person, it's not even possible. <laughs> well, in any case, so, and, and Chris Boss was a guy who was like that for me, where I go, 6'11", and he's doing what? He's shooting from where? Like, you can't. It's the length, too. It, it's like the, the length. Guys, the yeah, guy's yeah, yeah. arms are Very just long. Down, I yes, mean, so yes. long. So, uh, anyway. He was a he was at that time you know buried in Toronto when right. you talk about the national you know the landscape of the NBA and exposure, but to watch him do what he did and then you kind of get it and the light bulb goes on and now you become you know you're an evangelizer for Chris ba- Chris Bosh you're running around telling everybody no 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 you don't understand how great this guy is because they don't and uh, so I I have liked Chris Bosh and I really like Chris Bosh anyway and the way that it went with him you know from a health standpoint and and he. It was great in Miami, and they won the championships there, but it, his career didn't finish the way it should have been able to or physically allowed to, but also just such a, a cerebral guy, an introspective guy, so I've always liked Chris Bosh. Well, and it was self-aware enough to know that he was a perennial all-star and an all-NBA player that needed to go somewhere with someone better than him, and then he completely bought in and got himself two rings. Yes, yes. To me, he's a Hall of Famer for that. Mm-hmm. I think if Chris Bosh stays as the best player or second-best player on his team for his career, he would have had... More all-star appearances, better numbers, probably would be considered by the layman basketball fan to be better than he and was. And would have never been in a conference finals. And he never would have been in a conference yeah, finals. And yeah. he got two rings out of it. And he got yeah. to say that he got to play second banana to LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. Yeah. What a, I mean, those guys probably should have even won more, but testament to the teams that were able to knock him out. But I think that Chris Bosh... Um, Chris Bosh is the is the James Worthy of his generation, and I think that he deserves a ton of credit for that because it's not easy to be James Worthy. It's not easy to be Scottie Pippen. That's right. It, but it, it it accentuates your legacy to such a high degree if you do it. My favorite Toronto Raptor is what everybody, I think, would say is Vince Sanity. I think that Vince Carter brought the popularity of basketball to Toronto. I think the impact of Vince Carter has had a bigger impact on any major North American city when it comes to basketball than any other athlete. I really think that. Toronto has become on par with Chicago, L.A., Seattle, and New York in terms of metropolitan areas for college basketball recruiting. We, I mean, we see guys pouring out all the time. Multiple guys go to Montana State. Montana's starting to recruit in Toronto. We've seen multiple first-round draft picks. and First number one overall draft picks come from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. Anthony Bennett. I mean, Toronto is a basketball hotbed, and I think that Vince Carter deserves so much credit for it. I will be so fascinated to analyze Vince Carter's career 20 years from now because it's evolved and uh, gained so many layers over the last several years that he went from the dude who might be the next Michael Jordan. He has that sort of star power, that sort of athleticism, that sort of wow factor. And then when they fell short with the Nets multiple years in a row, then he became this malcontent ball hog who no one wanted, and then he becomes like a journeyman, and then he learns how to shoot, and now he's still playing in the league. Yeah, and he's one of the most beloved players. Exactly. He, he made the last three before quarantine with the Hawks. Right. It might have been the last you know I shot mean, that he ever shoots in the league and all of that. I, I think I think that he became I think the second player in NBA history to start games in three different decades. When he started for, <laughs> maybe it's even four different yeah. decades because he came out in 1998. So then he started in nine, in the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s. Certainly, I believe he started a couple games for the Hawks this year. Yeah. So uh, I mean, but Vince Carter to me is, we always talk about 
when we deem you a prodigy, what could you become? And then if you fail to live up to that, we somehow think you're a failure. I think Vince Carter is still probably one of the top 50 basketball players in, the, in NBA history. And he, even though he didn't become this Michael Jordan-esque, Kobe Bryant-esque superstar, even though he doesn't have a ring, his numbers are going to be, I mean, out of this world. He's going to be top 12 or 14 in the history I mean, of the league in scoring. And he, he, he reinvented himself. He went from the Jumpman slam dunk contest guy to the best lane filler in one of the best lane fillers in the history of the league playing with Jason Kidd to then a ball hog scoring champion to then a knockdown set shooter and the OG, the guy who's bringing everybody else along. I mean, the documentary when it's all said and done is going to be so fun to watch because he's had so many lovers and haters in his long, long NBA career. And I think that that has shifted over time. Well, that's the thing. Overwhelmingly lovers. We've come all the way back around. Absolutely. Uh, No, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I, I love Vince. I've loved Vince since, since the beginning. And the fact that he's, Still doing it. Uh, I think we might be at the end of it, but that he's sure. still doing it um, is is astounding on so many levels. I could spend a lot of time talking about that. Maybe we will, but we should move on. We absolutely should move on. One last point on the Toronto Raptors. They actually they have more. I thought they had more. <laughs> Did you say we should? I know, move but on I, I just one start. point though. I think they had they had more like superstar headliner, all star type guys, like really marketable, reputable guys than a lot of franchises. I mean, for example. There was more guys in contention for favorite Toronto Raptor than there was for the Detroit Pistons, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've yeah. had multiple put-them-on-a-poster type guys. And I, I just think it's fascinating, even though they've only been around for 25 years. Yeah, Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Okay, where are we going Let's now? go the oldest. Let's go the Celtics. Okay. The, uh, the Boston Celtics, I have to. I know I'm not supposed to have to. I would guess that I know who you're going to pick here too, but maybe I don't. Yeah, maybe don't. Um, Bill Russell, because he's Bill Russell. Mm -hmm. And Larry Bird, because he's Larry Bird. Uh, And I must say my appreciation and like of Larry Bird has uh, increased probably more than any other player after they were done playing. Uh, I I never – I mean, Larry – 
I, I was I was a big basketball fan towards the end of Larry Bird's career. When he was in the heart of doing what he was doing, I was three, four, five, six, seven years old. Right. Okay, so Larry Bird's last great season was the year I was born, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. So so I have a recollection of him, and I certainly remember him later on. Uh, you know, as as a great player, but he was never the guy that I you know was in love with, or it was my you know big basketball icon. But since I since his retirement and as I've gotten more into NBA and looking at the history of it and watching what he did and how he did it and the way that he played uh, and also the edge that was always there but that was not obvious if you were just watching it on television like that is the Larry thing Bird has that such is an edge. so good. Larry Bird has such an edge. He's so much more confident than you that you don't even know he's talking smack because he's literally laughing in your face. He doesn't even have to try. He doesn't have to do the Michael Jordan, I'm going to set myself on fire on the inside. He's just like, ha, I'm going to whip your butt. Yeah. Like, he just knows it. Well, he 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 was great. Who's and taking second, boys? It's one of the so, greatest stories ever. You know, I'm a, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big retrospective Larry Legend fan. No, no question. Both those guys are awesome. I mean, I, again, we always gravitate back towards the argument of transcendence. I'm well aware that Michael Jordan's legacy significantly surpasses Larry Bird's now that we both careers are all said and done and we've had decades to analyze them. But absolutely at his best. I mean, I, if you read the history books and you watch the film, the 1987-1988 season, Larry Bird's last MVP season, his third MVP season, is among, if not the greatest NBA seasons in the history of basketball. I mean, Larry Bird shot almost 55%. This is as a jump shooter. Mm-hmm. Shot almost 55% from the floor, 42% from three. No one was shooting 40% from three at this point in time. It was the first year he added the three-point shot, really. He could shoot a couple, but this is when he really well, started and concentrating. The three-point line was four years old. Exactly. At that. But this was the yeah. offseason where he concentrated on adding that shot you know, consistently. Mm-hmm. He averaged 10.5 rebounds per game, 7.9 assists per game, 29.9 points per game, shot 94.7% from the free throw line. I mean, the guy's automatic. The 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 hallowed club, I think there's only six guys that have ever been in it. 50% field goals, 40% three-pointers, 90% free throws. Yeah. Larry Bird went 55, 95, 45 this year. Yeah. It's impossible. I Well, 42, but yes. Sure. He flirted with the 45. I mean, it's it's an amazing, amazing statistical accomplishment, and I think it's one of the great MVP seasons. I agree. I mean, those are my two Celtics. No okay. Doubt. Okay. Okay, good. I mean, you have to say about with Bill Russell, I mean, his cultural impact and the pace setting is it's second to none. I mean, I think, I think that Bill Russell, you can talk about the greatest competitors, the greatest champions. I think Bill Russell is the greatest player of team sports that we've ever seen. He's the greatest. He understood the concept of a team. Better than any athlete the, we've ever seen. The thing for me is like you can go look at all the numbers and the eleven championships and the 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 the, the, the on, dog on MVP trophies named after the man. But what is impactful to me is watching the the greatest players in the NBA, the the Hall of Fame players in the NBA, who they revere, and Bill Russell is who they revere. That's the that's the guy that the the icons of the game point to. Uh, it, more more often than not. All right. Next, Philadelphia 76ers. This this one is not this is a no doubter. Yeah. This is my after Michael Jordan is my favorite player in the history of the NBA. Wow, he is? Yeah. I mean, it's it's number 3, right? It's the answer. Allen Iverson yeah. was 
was and forever my my favorite play. Georgetown, where he was playing, and just this. I mean, I was an actual child, and he appeared to to be me when he was playing at Georgetown. I mean, this kid, kid. in these baggy pants with, with not even an awareness that there is such a thing as fear in the world. Pulling from everywhere, going against everyone, playing for John Thompson. I loved the Hoyas. They were my favorite college basketball team because of those two guys. Because of Coach Thompson, because of Allen Iverson. Then he goes to play for the Philadelphia 76ers. He gets all tatted up. He's counterculture. He's doing this whole thing. And I'm this kid in Montana. I cannot get enough of Allen Iverson. And to this day, the fearlessness of a guy who's 5'3", 104 pounds. I mean, he, he is, he's, I mean, he's just, he is, he's a miracle. And I love Allen Iverson. I mean, I give Vince Carter credit for his specific influence on one city, Toronto. Yeah. The way that he grew basketball in Toronto. I think Allen Iverson probably changed the NBA more than any other player in the post-Jordan era. I mean, Allen Iverson, he brought in the irreverence. He brought in the my way or the highway. He brought in a little bit of gangster. He brought in the meshing of hip-hop and the NBA. He brought in his own style, the tattoos, the cornrows, the headbands, the line of shoes. There, I mean, besides Michael Jordan, there's never been somebody that had the, as popular the line of shoes as Allen Iverson, right? I mean, everybody's Probably, Allen Iverson. Yeah. I mean, we're, we were ordering Allen Iverson shoes through middle school and high school mm-hmm. as team shoes. Mm-hmm. Everybody get a different color. But, you know, the low-top AIs. I mean, he... Is is would you venture to say if you take out size, just in terms of pure athletic gifted ability, what you were born with, what you were born being able to do, is Allen Iverson the most gifted athlete of our lifetime? Well, I don't know about that. I mean, Allen Iverson could have gone anywhere in the country to play football as well. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, I mean, he is he's realistically five foot ten, one hundred and fifty five pounds. He's so small. Yeah, I mean, he's better than one fifty five, but you, I'd be one one sixty five, one seventy. I mean, his his handle his everything was was his speed his strength yeah, his, his everything his first step like the 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 crossover the whole thing and and doing it with the attitude and the punctuation that was that made it indelible and the style that's what i'm I mean, saying i mean yes. we talk about kobe bryant the genius of kobe bryant the genius of kobe bryant was the non-stop honing of a craft the genius of Allen iverson is the improvisation the artistry I mean, he's one of the most beautiful players. I mean, he has an element of street in his game, but Allen Iverson can improvise on a higher level than any player that's ever played in the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah, well, and he, uh, in 2001, won the MVP, 31 points and change. I mean, that's that's one of the great MVP seasons, too. I mean, that 76ers team was terrible, and he dragged them all the way to the finals. I mean, they got, uh, did they win one game against the Lakers? They might have won one. I think they might have got swept or got one one. Either yeah. way, that team was awful. I mean, like Eric Snow and George Lynch are your best players. Totally. It was all they, AI. They won the first game against the Los Angeles Lakers in a stunner. It's the uh, the Tyron Luke step, step over. over. Yep, yep. And uh, and it was as good as it gets. It, it, it's a shame because he was far and away the best player on a very mediocre team for his most of his career yeah uh but it just didn't matter like he's he's one guy like you know if Allen Iverson won a bunch of championships or even won one championship it wouldn't change at all what I think about Allen Iverson no, it wouldn't no, change no, one thing no doubt. a lot of guys it does not him no doubt no doubt 
Okay. The other uh, guy I considered was Moses Malone, but I didn't hmm. see Moses Malone play in person. I have only read about Moses Malone. I just imagine if Moses Malone was playing during my lifetime, he would be my favorite player. Because he's just a bull. And I mean, he's just a rebounding, tough, hard-nosed Well, and because his fighter. last name is Malone. Oh, that too. It's two telling the Let's do this. Let's do the next two and the next save. Okay. okay. Yeah. We, we got the Nets and the Knicks, the big um, apple. To go to, the, go to New York City. I uh, want to mention, too, we, we teased yesterday Robert Chase uh, round two, or part two, I guess I should say, uh, today. But we had a, a couple interviews come up. Uh, that we wanted to make sure that we got to. So we're going to have Robert Chase's second part of his roundtable tomorrow afternoon. So we will bring that to you. A great conversation. Again, if you weren't with us, Robert Chase, the program director of the trail, 103.3. He is uh, the host of the morning show. Uh, but he is a, a lifelong and diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan, was living in Chicago in 1998, both before he lived in Chicago for, for quite a number of years, was a DJ on a rock station in Chicago. Uh, and... Uh, followed specifically the 98 season very, very closely coming out of Long Gone Summer. Again, the most recent 30 for 30. Thought it was apropos to have Robert on this week, the roundtable. So we'll get to him, uh, his second part tomorrow on the show. But next, we'll get into the uh, the city of New York and our favorite players uh, who played for the Nets and the Knicks as well. Boys and girls, it's Thursday. We're f- two days away, Friday, Saturday, and then we're there to Father's Day. What are you going to do for your dad, for your husband, for the father in your life? Well, here's an idea. CDAResort.com. CDAResort.com. The Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort, one of the fantastic golf courses in uh, in the country, certainly in the region. A beautiful setting along Lake Coeur d'Alene, a meticulously uh, put together and upkept golf course. You go, if you've never played with a caddy, Oh, man, that is a life changer. It's so much better than your buddies telling you where your golf ball is and everybody hunting together. These guys, they know what's going on. They have the course uh, completely dialed in for you in every way. You go in, you have unlimited range balls into Lake Coeur d'Alene. You have your pre-round massage. You can ride to and from the hotel on their Standcraft wooden boat, a beautiful, beautiful machine. It is an experience unlike any other. And For Father's Day, I promise you, you're going to make dad happy with this one. CDAResort.com. Get a stay and play overnight. Maybe get it in, get yourself in that thing. You, you know, you buy dad the, the gift, and then you happen to be the extra that goes along with them. Not a bad deal. CDAResort.com. Get it right now, okay, for Father's Day. CDAResort.com. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Great to be with you. I'll buy you, I'll buy you a Lotus tomorrow morning if you uh, tell me who sings that song. It's not. 
Somebody named Marley? Nope. Huh. No, I don't know. Can't help you there. Quad City DJs. Okay. Congratulations. You can buy your own. It's Tutel New Honest, 1029 ESPN Radio. Okay. Before we get into those last two things, here's how much of a dope I am. Okay. Okay. So we've been, all these races, these road races that have been canceled and so on. Yep. They've had these virtual options. Sure. And I, I've been just so utterly confused. I'm like, well, you know, so what is it like a thing where you, it's like you get on the computer and you got like a VR headset or something like that. And you're like imagining that you're running the route. Like, why would, you know, what, what, what good is a virtual run that seems boring at best and just kind of all the way dumb? I didn't know until like this week that they're saying, no, you're, you're actually running. Yes. It's just wherever you are. Right. And I think they even maybe help you make a little course. Right. Here's your Missoula course. Sure. Do a thing. Here's your Billings course. Well, that course. makes a lot more sense yeah. for all these canceled runs to have. I, you just think you're running in place in your living well, room, it, like the, on the video? It, I mean, in my defense, it says virtual runs. True. I mean, I would think that it would say like a remote run or a, you know, run yeah. on your own time. I don't know. But I guess the idea is that everybody's running, and so they're going to virtually, you know, upload their course or whatever it is. Right. But now that I know that people are running, that makes that's a lot more sensible option. I didn't, I was like, why would I even waste my time sitting here for four hours running a marathon in my couch? Seems I mean, it's a waste. Now, now I get it. Stutel Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Uh, Coulter, let's do the Brooklyn Nets, shall we? The, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, who were formerly, of course, the New Jersey Nets. And there's there's one, I guess, there's a pretty obvious best player in Nets history. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite player was a guy who I, I don't know why I gravitated to this guy when he was in college in Cincinnati. He was the number one overall pick. Kmart. But Kenyon Martin had some bounce that was pretty next level when he came into the league. Some intensity and violence that were also um, next level as he, well. He was, he, he was a very um, fiery player. Uh, he started 280 out of 283 games. For a guy that was considered injury-prone when he came in. Too. Right. Uh, well, and it, I don't know if you'll remember this, but in his, well, I don't know if it was his senior season, but his final season at Cincinnati playing for Huggy Bear. And Cincinnati was maybe the number one team in the nation with Kenyon Martin. And did he rupture his Achilles? He did something that yeah. was a serious, serious injury. It, it ended, obviously, his season. And Cincinnati... All, as a result of that, became a two seed as opposed to a one seed, even though their basketball resume certainly warranted that they were a one seed. And then they got bounced in the first round, and it was a fairly controversial thing about, you know, where did they deserve to be slotted and this, that, and the third. But uh, anyway, Kenyon Martin was a, a great basketball player, but m- even more than that, a for me, he was a guy that when he was on, he was the guy I was watching. Like he he was he was a, a guy you tuned in to see play the game, and I always enjoyed uh, watching Kenny Martin play basketball. So he's in, in in a with a franchise that has not nearly the depth, I guess I would say, of 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 obvious choices to pick from. He works for me, Kenny Martin. 
I mean, Julius Irving has to be in the conversation of the greatest net of all time, probably is the greatest net of all time besides Jason Kidd. The hardest part, I think that the guys that came to the Rose to prominence in the early to mid-70s, with the exception of you know transcendent talents like Lou Alcindor, so many guys took the money that was being offered by the ABA, and so then the leagues were split, and that's why analyzing the early to mid-70s in either league, but especially the NBA, is so tough because well, other- like Dr. J... We think of Dr. J as a great player, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, but he is. I mean, he's, he's obviously he's considered a top 50 player, no doubt. Yes. But we would consider him in, in like the Holy Grail, the Mount Rushmore of, of two guards if we included all his ABA statistics. I mean, he was a three, he played most of his prime in the ABA. Yeah. Add three more MVPs and two more championships to his resume, and now look at the resume. It's almost as good as Kobe Bryant. I, the other thing, though, for me is is I identify Dr. J more as a 76er right. than a net. And, and, and this is the other question. I picked Charles Barkley as my favorite son. But if I'm honest, he's a 76er to me there, too. But nobody's topping Allen Iverson, right. even Dr. J. But I didn't – Dr. J certainly as a net is – I mean, as anything, is is a, a top-shelf pick. Um, but I, I – I didn't really consider him here because I have him more as a sixer than I do as a as a New Jersey Knight. It's also pretty interesting over the last thirty or so years how whoever's been the point guard for the Nets, with the exception of Jason Kidd, because Jason Kidd was as steady as they came. He was a spectacular player, but all the other point guards that the, the Nets have had have been guys that have been full of hype. You know, Kenny Anderson, Darren Williams, guys that. If they would have fulfilled their potential, they might be the guys we're talking about as the best players in history, but they didn't. It's just interesting that the the, the point guard spotlight that's shined in both New Jersey and Brooklyn has been so bright, and you wonder how Kyrie Irving could handle it. Mm. I do think that the Nets, and we're going to move on to the New York Knicks too, I think because of the trail that Clyde Frazier, that Walt Frazier blazed late 60s, early 70s, as Clyde, as the guy who was you know one of the first stars, not just great player but also a, you know a fashion icon a guy that was crossing over into pop culture since then i think that then point guard position has been a little bit more important under a bigger spotlight in new york and new jersey or now brooklyn than anywhere else in the nba and i think it's interesting to think that we've had a lot of guys on both sides flame out and very few that have been up to par up to like the clyde frazier measuring stick. yeah uh so who is your favorite net my favorite net yeah I think I think I think I think yeah I mean it's so hard for me to say Dr. J because Dr. J played his last season with the Nets 10 years before I was born so it's all just grainy ABA footage I've always had mad respect for Jason Kidd but he's never actually been like my favorite player I'm the same I I I, Jason Kidd just never really I don't know I don't know I don't know why he was never a guy that like Maybe it's maybe it's the steadiness that you're talking about. Like you know, he there wasn't, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it was. But as yeah. a kid, it was like, all right, Jason Kidd. I I remember being surprised at some point when somebody was like, man, how great is Jason Kidd? This guy's like a Hall of Famer. Like, you kidding me? Plays for the Nets. Nobody's a Hall of Famer that plays for the Nets. Yeah, this is actually probably the franchise that I have a hardest time. I used to be a big Darren Williams fan, but like his time with the Nets was not his prime no. and he fell off so hard and I just I don't really have a favorite net okay. I guess is the answer I, it, it's the most hard franchise for me to pick we go to Madison Square Garden and we select our favorite Nick of all time uh, would you like to go Colter? no you can go first okay you're gonna hate my answer oh, yeah, I am I think so okay my favorite Nick of all time 
is Carmelo Anthony. I don't hate that. I'm not a Car- Carmelo Anthony hater. I okay. think that I, you know me, man. I analyze the NBA deeper. When I'm talking about making my tiers of greatness, I, I do remember all the playoffs. So I do give you credit for going to the conference finals. Carmelo Anthony made it to the conference finals twice. To say he's not a winner is asinine. Well, he just got stuck in New York for terrible ownership, and it ruined the prime years of his career. I, I agree. But Carmelo Anthony, as uh, as a scorer, as a player, as the face of that organization, uh, what he also did with Team USA, I think, is significant. And he... Here's the thing, as a as they say, pure scorer, he is as good as it gets. His seven seasons or in seven seasons with the Knicks, twenty four point seven points. I mean, to average twenty five points for your career is I mean, I, I realize I mean, how many guys have done it? I mean five? Probably more than five, but probably not you know, I don't know. Not very many, okay? Seven point four rebounds a game as well. Okay, 1.7 blocks, 1.1 steals, and the assists are not there either. Okay, I understand that. And and you can talk to me about his defense. You can talk to me about, you know, the black hole that is Carmelo Anthony catching the ball, stopping the ball, or whatever. This, is, though, is a, is, is a function of two things. One, not having the leadership in the organization, starting with the owner and going all the way down, to create a team that that would allow him to fulfill his highest potential as you were always telling me about and also if you have somebody who is all-time great at something and Carmelo Anthony make no mistake is an all-time great scorer of the basketball then use him to do that and figure it out with everybody else and the Knicks never came close particularly to figuring it out and I know that these Knicks teams are never as going to be as good as the Starks Ewing Mason you know Oak type of Knicks that were the the that's you know when I think about the Knicks that's those are the teams that I think about the teams that were going to the Eastern Conference Finals and could never get over the Bulls hump but were probably at uh, several seasons the second best team in the NBA you know you never got to know that because they always had to run into Chicago but those players there's a lot of them that I like a lot of them that I like a lot but Carmelo Anthony I think gets an unfair shake in a lot of respects and uh, and I've never found him to be off-putting. Like, I think that people um, imagine that because, oh, well, he's just a ball hog, and now this is somehow carries over onto, like, what he is as a person. I don't think anybody has any idea. Anything I've seen from Carmelo Anthony I've liked, and I think also that even the basketball moniker that's been put on him is, like, you'd be a ball hog, too, if you're the only one that could do it. You know I mean? And that's that's where he's been. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's uh, it's just ignorant basketball fandom to hate on Carmelo Anthony. I think that he's gotten a rap as being lazy. And I think that's just not knowing how to watch the game. So many guys that score at the level he scores have to bat, dribble the basketball until it goes flat before they can actually score because they have to create their own shot. Melo can catch the ball in the high post and not even put it on the deck and turn around and hit it right in your face. He makes it look so easy that I think that he's it's been demeaned. I mean, his turnaround fadeaway from the mid-range is second to only probably Michael Jordan. I mean, he's unbelievable between 12 and 18 feet without having to dribble the ball at all. He doesn't need to create his own shot. He doesn't need to move without the ball to create his own shot. He just catches the ball and shoots it straight in your eye all day. I mean, the only other guy that's really like him is Bernard King when it comes to that sort of scoring ability without having to use the bounce. To answer your question, guys that have averaged 25 points per game in their career, there's been 12, including Carmelo Anthony, mm. not including 
Kobe Bryant or Larry Bird. So that shows you how elite of company Carmelo Anthony yeah. is in. Um, I, 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 I agree with you. I've always thought Melo has gotten a bad rap. You know, he... It's so funny the way that we let we evolve narratives to fit our own our own belief, yeah. right? When Carmelo Anthony signed with the Knicks, people praised him and said he didn't want to go join up with his buddies. He didn't do the LeBron James Dwayne mm. Wade thing. And then they signed Amari Stoudemire and it was going to be Knicks versus Heat for a decade. Yeah. And then Amari Stoudemire's knee disintegrates and Carmelo Anthony's sitting out here on an island all by himself and I just think it's unfair to scrutinize a guy that has been as efficient and consistent as he has been in his career and has actually, if you look at the numbers, won at a higher level than people give him credit for. He has. And by the way, just to be clear, when he finishes his career, he will not be 25-point-a-game scorer. Right, because he won't be close to that. But for it it wasn't just like a high watermark either. Like it It was the real deal. Okay, my favorite New York Nick, Anthony Mason comes screaming in at number two. Oh. But Charles Oakley is oh. absolutely number one. That's no surprise. Uh, a lot Char- of good Knicks for Coulter, for an offensive lineman to pick from. I mean, Charles Oakley is, I mean, the Bill Simmons Charles Oakley podcast is one of the greatest pieces of media that's ever been produced. It is outrageous. It is laugh out loud funny. Charles Oakley, he tells stories like he's telling them with, with his best friends playing cards. Like It's like he's smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. He's It's so candid, it's hilarious. And you talk about the guy who encompassed definitive roles and maybe roles that have dissipated a lot in the NBA these days. I mean, he was the ultimate enforcer. He was the ultimate alpha, the ultimate. I mean, he's the captain of a team that had multiple players that were much better than him, but he was the dude because he had that strong of a personality. I just think I think Oak is one of the great, most memorable um, guys in his vein that we've seen in the NBA. There, I, I mean... There just is no reasonable scenario at all ever that Charles Oakley is escorted by security out of Madison Square Garden, and you should you should. It's unbelievable that happened. You should be you, and then for Spike Lee to be forced to reroute the the place that he's coming in, and him being barred at a game because. He was going to a, to a now what would be become the wrong entrance, though he was going there 30 years. He's been coming to the same door at Madison Square Garden and walking in. It is, it's just, it would be hilarious if it wasn't just so horrendously I mean, stupid. It, you can talk about salary cap mismanagement, horrendous free agent signings, horrible draft picks, on down the line when you're scrutinizing the Knicks front office. They have been laughable. They've not just been the worst in the NBA. They've been one of the worst in the history of pro sports. Everything from James Dolan to Isaiah Thomas, the whole thing has been a train wreck. Nothing symbolically encompasses how incompetent they are. Then you lock Spike Lee out of the building and you throw Charles Oakley out of the building. It's ridiculous. You want them? You want the? You want the real word picture or metaphor, whatever actual picture here? James Dolan is as an owner what he is as a musician. Like he's got a dumpy, crappy band that stinks, and he only gets play because he's got money to put them out there, and it's just horrendous. Okay, I'm dove. I'm dove. <laughs> we could do uh, more Knicks than you ever thought, huh? Here's the, the other thing I got to say before we get out of the Knicks. Of all the teams, I I don't really have a favorite NBA franchise. I Because the players move around so much, I like to follow players rather than teams. I do like teams within the scope of a season. Like, I really like the Mavs this year. I thought they were fun to watch. I thought yeah. they were a cool team. The team that I want to like more than any other team and the team that I loved when I was a kid was the Knicks. Yes. And it's the team of all the teams in the NBA that makes me so mad. The, the NBA 
you, we talk about big market and its influence. I think it's a little overplayed in both the NBA and the NFL, except for in one instance. If the New York Knicks were elite good every single year, it would be unequivocally the, one of the best things that could happen in the NBA. Um, I was wrong about my word picture for James Dolan. You know what it's actually like? It's like stepping into a pile of dog poo. That's what it's actually like. And you know what? For any of you who have done it, which is all of us, well, it stinks, right? Literally and figuratively, it's not what you want to do. So avoid it, okay? Don't let it happen anymore. Call Montana Pooper Scoopers. You got dogs, okay? Doesn't matter how many you got. You got a whole pack of them. You got just the one. We know what they do. They put waste in the yard. You need the waste out of your yard, and you don't want to do it. Your kids don't want to do it. You're arguing about who's going to do it. Nobody wants to do it. We'll stop with all that nonsense. Go to MontanaPooperScoopers.com. Let them come in for their weekly or one-time dog pick waste removal. They service in Missoula and Lolo. They do homes, families, and businesses as well. So whatever you need, Montana Pooper Scoopers can take care of the job that no one wants to do. Again, online, MontanaPooperScoopers.com. Mention this ad right now and receive $25 off your initial service. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> it's it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short, everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana, Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch, and it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to alpinetouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Look at my eyes, man. You can't touch this. Yo, let me bust the funky lyrics. Fresh new kicks and bands. You got it like that. Now you know you want to dance. So move. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas. If you're not familiar with the term self-aggrandizement, you're about to be. We are uh, happy to be here. Uh, Happy to be with all of you uh, on uh, the World Wide Web, uh, on uh, the television at uh, SWX Montana Television, also on our YouTube channel if you're looking for it. You can also, uh, you know, listen just on your radios. That's fine, too. Or you can follow along on Twitter at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT. Uh, Whitney Morrison is here. She will join us at the top of the hour. One of the great, uh, well, 
flat-out athletes of the state, a phenomenal track athlete. Many, uh, she's a jumper, she's a thrower, she's doing all a sprinter, all of it, uh, and a great soccer player as well. So we are happy to have her in as our senior spotlight. Eric Frazier also uh, going to join us at the uh, bottom of the next hour. The uh, Montana State wide receivers coach so we will get to all that stuff but um we Coulter, we talked about this earlier but over this past weekend we were very happy and very uh uh you know fortunate to have won a uh, award our our big uh cranny award now the crannies the eb awards they're the broad the state of montana broadcasting award so that's the you know it's the it's the entity that exists to recognize, you know, the work that we are in. And we won uh, our radio sports coverage award, which we have, if you're watching on the television, f- prominently displayed with the two other uh, times that we've won this award. So that's the trifecta there. Three rings on these fingers. We're going to go for the 10. We're going to get two for one for each thumb here uh, one way or another. But uh, they're up here and we're talking like this because our boss told us all I want to hear on the radio today is winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's it. That's all. I don't care about anything. You tell everybody you won or you will not be on the air on Friday. So uh, we are here to, you know, repeat with a little less humility than what we did earlier this week. By God, we are the best. Are we not the best? We are the best. We got the hardware to prove it. And so, you know, thanks. Thanks to all of you for making that possible. And for Coulter for rounding up, oh, I don't know, about 88% of the interviews that we do around here. And frankly, for all the people willing to come talk to us on the radio, it actually is uh, 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 very good of you to spend your time with us. We appreciate that. I mean, I... I I think one of the most common questions we get asked, I, I, every time I tell somebody that you know, I host a daily radio show, two to two, or two hours long, four to six uh, p.m., I, I love the irony of that. Three oh. trophies and the Minnesota Vikings right behind. Yeah, I had to. If you're, you're listening on the radio, uh, which I have a vintage are, 1962 Sports Illustrated courtesy of our good buddy Sean. Uh, Sean with, Rainey. With, uh, no, it's actually from Sean Cahill. Oh, Sean Cahill? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, with Fran Tarkenton on the cover, and uh, they like to display it's a cool it Sports Illustrated. It's a terrible team. It's got no business here with our first place winning set of trophies that we have here. One of the most common questions we get asked, though, when you say, I, you know, I host a show two hours a day, Monday through Friday, people say, Well, how do you possibly come up with stuff to talk about well we just talk about ourselves and how great and and they always say how can you do that how how do you do it how do you talk about sports all the time especially you know last four months hasn't been sports how are you guys doing it yeah and i always think to myself i feel so blessed because not for one second have i ever thought it was hard not for one second have i ever thought it was miserable not one for one second have i ever thought that it was difficult or strenuous or didn't enjoy doing it i love it every single day I just love talking to people. And I it, the, honestly, the sports coverage award, it's all about everybody else. It's all about all the people that That's come right. on and talk to us. And, you know, I mean, right now, Montana, Montana State, both sides, they're, they, they're filling us up with interviews. We've got Allison Lawrence coming on the show tomorrow, Montana volleyball coach. We've got Montana State wide receivers coach, Eric Frazier. And we have two to three interviews every single day. So much of it is the facilitation from the universities because there is a procedure there. But also so much of it is this community just being awesome. I mean, it took me two seconds to recruit Whitney Morrison, our next guest, to come on the show. I just called Matt Johnson, said, hey, Matt, you know, Matt's an assistant track coach, head football coach, big sky. I said, hey, we'd love to have uh, Coach Morrison's daughter on the show. And and uh, he said, hey, I'll, I'll get you her number. And then he texted me her number right away. And Whitney says, love to come on. And, you know, it's it's cool when uh, everybody wants to work together. And it's so Really, this award's for the people. They, uh, they're right. the ones that make it happen for the us. people's champs, right? Isn't that That's what right. they say? Mark it, dude. 
Whitney Morrison next. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.